0: Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about the flexible leader. Martha, a director at an entertainment company, was struggling to manage two of her direct reports. She said, I'm not sure why, Tom, but I'm not succeeding with either of them. First, she told me about Don, a smart young fellow who had started 18 months earlier. Martha said Don consistently made errors when creating the reports that were his primary responsibility. She said, these aren't little errors, Tom. He gets a major piece of data wrong at the start and then spends hours building on the flawed data. He should be able to catch that stuff by now. Then she told me about Lorena. Lorena was such a super performer. She had almost become a department of her own. She had an enormous amount of responsibility and she executed flawlessly. Hers was not an issue of performance. Hers was an issue of attitude. Lorena was openly contemptuous of Martha. During their weekly one on one meetings, Lorena sat tight lipped, hardly talking, as if she could barely stand to be in the same room with Martha. In team meetings, Whenever Lorena answered a question for Martha, she would look at someone else while responding. Martha was concerned that if she didn't manage Lorena's insubordination, it could infect the whole team. After hearing about Don and Lorena, I asked Martha to tell me how she was managing each of them. She said, I do what I can, Tom, but I'm spread thin. I've told each of them my concerns, but beyond that, I manage them the way I manage everyone. I try to be available... I have weekly one-on-one meetings with both of them, although Lorena usually cancels hers, and I'm getting a little tired of that. "'My one-on-one time with Don isn't productive at all,' she continued. "'He needs so much help. "'We spend all our time going over his work at a microscopic level. "'It's really frustrating. He should be doing better.' "'I summarized what I'd heard. "'So, Martha, your goal for Don might be to improve his performance.' And your goal for Lorena might be to improve her self-management. And you think you're managing them both pretty much the same way. Did I get all that right? She said I did. So I asked whether Lorena's self-management goal seemed similar to Don's performance goal. She said, no, they felt quite different. I agreed. Then I asked, if their goals are so different, is it important that you manage them the same way? Well, it is to me, she said. I've been managing a long time, Tom, and it usually works, but not with these two. When she invited my suggestions, I asked if I could completely change the subject and tell her about two coaching clients of mine. Unlike her direct reports, who had goals that were miles apart, these two clients had goals that were actually fairly similar. First, I told her about my client named George. George was head of North American sales for an oil and gas company. His boss, the division president, described George by saying, In a rough-and-tumble business, George is way too rough and way too tumble. But I've talked with him about the coaching, and he's ready to go. When I spoke with George, he said he was gung-ho about the coaching. He encouraged me to contact his guys in the field and the execs in the corporate office to get feedback about him. I did, and I found many of them extremely cautious when they talked about George. It seemed that retribution and bullying were often used weapons in George's management arsenal. The first time he and I met for coaching, I brought him his feedback report. People had acknowledged his skills and his experience, but they were also direct about how intimidating he could be. It was clear people wanted him to change. After he read the report, George debated the feedback and denied the accusations not only on that first day but over the course of many sessions and then i told Martha about my client named Suzanne Suzanne was 34 when our coaching began and she was already running two business units that was no small feat in a worldwide financial institution where her peers were all older and male she was clearly a high performer in her feedback People praised her brilliance, and they cheered her meteoric rise. But they weren't shy about saying she was uncollaborative, territorial, and defensive. Her report had two phrases that were repeated word for word more than once. She doesn't play nice in the sandbox, and she has sharp elbows. It was clear people wanted her to change. I brought Suzanne her feedback report at our first session. She read it slowly, then asked if she could read it again. I said, sure. She went to her desk, retrieved a red pen, and spent the next ten minutes completely focused on the report. When she was done, she closed it, looked at me, and said with quiet determination, Okay, what do I have to do? At the end of those two stories, Martha raised her eyebrows. Oh, they are really different. I thought you said they were the same. Well, their goals are the same, I said, don't you think? They both have to play nicer in the sandbox. Okay, the goals might be the same, she conceded, but the people sure are different. Oh, I couldn't agree more. But, hey, since their goals were so closely related, I coached them pretty much the same. No way, she said, aghast. And then she looked at me and laughed. You did not. I laughed, too. No, I certainly didn't. If I had, I wouldn't have succeeded with either of them. But why is that idea any more outrageous than you managing Don and Lorena the same way and thinking you'll succeed with either of them? That led us into a conversation about flexing your style as a manager. I asked her if she knew a management theory called Situational Leadership. Situational Leadership was first promoted by Ken Blanchard in a book called Leadership and the One-Minute Manager. The big idea in this terrific little book is that every leader be able to display four distinct behavioral styles of management. The styles range from a very engaged, hands-on management style to a hands-off delegating style. The style a manager uses isn't determined by his or her preference. Rather, the style is determined by the needs of the person they're managing. People at different stages of their development need different styles of management. That sounds like common sense, doesn't it? But many leaders really only have one style of managing, and they stick to it. I didn't experience Martha as particularly rigid, but she really only had one style of management, and she was proud of it. She and I began to talk about how she might manage Don and Lorena differently, aligning her style to their needs. Martha wondered out loud if Lorena might not need one-on-one meetings every week, maybe once a month. I agreed. Why not give her lots of leeway if she was already executing flawlessly? Then she said, I think Don needs more training and clearer ways to measure his work. She thought about it, then said, I can't train him myself, but I can make it happen. Over the next months, Martha began to change her management style with both Don and Lorena. And then one day she said to me, Thinking about which style I'm going to use with each of my direct reports, and I mean everyone now, not just Lorena and Don, it actually isn't thinking about me at all. I'm really focusing on them and what they need. It makes me manage from a much higher level. It feels strategic. I like it. As Martha changed, three interesting things happened. First, Lorena began to thaw. The looser rain felt to her like increased trust, so she thawed a little. Second, when Martha provided Don with the support he needed, he began to improve. Their one-on-one time became much more valuable. And third, she had extra time to do other things, a benefit she cherished. Martha had to be diligent, though. It wasn't yet second nature for her to consciously choose her management style with each person. But when she did, she found herself amazingly close to the look and sound of leadership. If developing and deepening and diversifying your management styles is something you're interested in, Five other episodes you might listen to are Holding People Accountable, Leading Teams, Performance Reviews, and Your Team's Best Interests, Part 1 and 2. Each of those podcasts, and all our others, can be found on the Essential Communications website, com. That's EssentialCom with two Ms.com. From our homepage, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. That'll take you to a free archive of over 100 podcasts. When you're there, you can search the archive by categories that interest you, and one of those categories is Management Skills. There are more than 30 tips in that category to help you hone yourself as a manager. From the website, you can also download every tip as a PDF to save for yourself or forward to others. Our podcasts are also available through iTunes. Just search for The Look and Sound of Leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.